When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. We hit the field light. Oh, all day light. Oh, all night light. Here we go. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What up and welcome into a special edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Rapine. He is Daryl Ryder. We are your beat writers for 92.3 The Fan and 923thefan.com. It's great to be with you on a Sunday that, well, let, let's just put it like this. The Browns have had better Sundays. We're going to talk about the Browns. 20-13 to 13 loss to the Steelers. They haven't won at Heinz Field since 2003. The streak of, of not sweeping the Steelers dates back to before I was born, 1988. We're going to discuss that and so much more. A quick reminder to subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, including the Radio.com app. Make sure you leave us a five-star review so more Cleveland sports fans can find this podcast. A little interesting here. I'm... I'm in my home office recording this, Daryl making his way back from Pittsburgh. He was there. He witnessed it in person and uh, got the reaction afterwards. Uh, Daryl, let's start there because everyone's been on Twitter by now by the time we're recording this. And the venting process has begun now uh, as the Browns are 5-7, and seven, eliminated uh, from the AFC North contention. Is the, the Baltimore Ravens in all likelihood going to win that division? Um, in the playoff appearance or their playoff chances, really hanging by a thread. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, but but what was that locker room like afterwards, knowing how important this game was, knowing that they were up ten nothing, and the fact that they couldn't hang on and they ended up losing. Well, I mean, I asked Sheldon Richardson, how do you lose to a quarterback, running back, and receiver that nobody's ever heard of? <laughs> And, and think yeah. you're going to make the playoffs. And he said, hey, you know what? Uh, write us off if you want. Um, but, you know, that's you know life in the NFL. But uh, obviously it was a, a relatively quiet locker room. Um, and that, that's certainly understandable. It usually is after the Browns lose. Um, Jimmy Haslam was nowhere to be seen, which is unusual. Uh, because when the Browns play in Pittsburgh, he and Mrs. Haslam usually are there and are uh, prominent. And, of course, the last six head coaches have all been fired after losses to uh, the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. But Freddie Kitchens will uh, survive. He will not suffer that uh, that type of a, a fate. But um, just, a, you know, a disappointing afternoon. Uh, every, I certainly expected the Browns to win and win handily. And... Um, you know, they should be embarrassed by that performance. I totally agree. And here's the problem. And I picked Pittsburgh, not with my heart, because I certainly didn't want Pittsburgh to win by any means. I'm, I'm, I've made it clear on this podcast how much I root against the Steelers because of their years and years of dominating both Ohio teams, but in the Bengals and the Browns. But, but to me, it was as simple as if, if the Browns haven't swept Pittsburgh since 88, you need to show me it before I buy into it. And it really didn't have anything to do with the, the talent on the field because obviously Baker's better than uh, Duck Dynasty over there and, and all this stuff. You know, I could go quarterback, wide receivers, 
Um, I could go down the list. Even secondary, I think it's comparable. Obviously, the Steelers' secondary had a much better day. But from a talent perspective, I don't think you can debate it. And yet, here we are, 20-13. to 13. The Browns had more talent, and yet it's really the same issues. You know, Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt, six rushing attempts in the second half total between the two guys. And it was a one-possession game for most of the game, either one way or the other. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., long stretches without seeing him involved. And to me, this is on Freddie Kitchens, that aspect of it. And we're going to talk a lot about Freddie. But you have too much talent. He was hired to be the play caller. And in a game when you know you're going to have to put up points against a good defense, the offense really did little to nothing after that that touchdown that put him up 10 nothing. Well, and here's the, the, the frustrating part is they, they took it to the Steelers for most of the first half. Yep. Um, I mean, there was a point in, uh, where I think after the first quarter, the Browns uh, had given up just two yards to the Steelers. I mean, and and then the the script completely flipped. And, um, you know, I, I just I don't see the football genius in Freddie Kitchens that John Dorsey sees. And that's nothing personal against Freddie. I like him personally. Um, I, I think he's got a great personality, but he's he's not a good leader. And I wrote about that after the game. Mike Tomlin's a damn good leader. Mike Tomlin won with a no-name running back, no-name quarterback, and no-name wide receivers today. Beat a better football team today with no-name players. And the Cleveland Browns, with four offensive weapons and Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, uh, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham Jr. couldn't do squat today. That's on Freddie. You know, he's too busy running around town with his Pittsburgh started it t-shirt instead of worrying about what's most important and that's shutting the pittsburgh steelers up for good instead guess what pittsburgh steelers now can walk around laughing at the cleveland browns because ho hum beat them again and uh you know the kitchens ought to be embarrassed that's not leadership i'm sorry you know with all due respect to his his family he said his daughter's the one that encouraged it and stuff like that you want to wear the T-shirt around the house or you want to wear it around the office privately where no one sees it, fine. You do not wear something like that out in public. And I understand Browns fans and, and the gets us meter and everyone taking their – but that's not leadership, okay? It's not leadership. Mike Tomlin, that's leadership. You know, um, they uh, had to move on from the killer bees. They lost Ben Roethlisberger. Their uh, best running back uh, out. Their uh, best receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster out. Uh, they had to bench their backup quarterback because he sucks. And you lost to that team. Yep. Inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable loss for Kitchens and the Browns. And that team, by the way, that you lost to today has two more wins than you do. And their season's garbage. In Pittsburgh, they think their team's hot garbage. They're seven and five. You're now five and seven. Congratulations, Cleveland Browns. Be proud. Yeah, yeah. It, it's to me that the two losses that are going to stand out at least to this point um, are, are the the two road games at Denver when you lose to Brandon Allen, and at Pittsburgh when you lose to Duck Dynasty. And I know that's not his name, but that's what I'm going to call it. Like the, the fact that those are the two quarterbacks you lose to this year that derail your season that make it five and seven 
and put your playoff hopes on ice. I mean, there's, I think ESPN said there's like a 6% chance and they could easily go nine and seven with the way things broke. I mean, the bills, they're going to get in. So there's really only one wild card spot up for grabs. And now the Steelers have a, a two game lead on you. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be really tough yeah. for it to break they're the all, Browns. They're, they're, they're not getting in. Exactly. And, and, well, and, they're not going to go. And, and no, you nailed they're this. They're going back. nowhere. They're going to go eight and eight. They're not going to get to nine and seven. Like, if they couldn't win in Pittsburgh against that depleted team, you think they have a shot in hell against Lamar Jackson? I'm not even sure they beat Kyler Murray. And I know Kyler struggled yeah. today, and the Arizona Cardinals struggled today. That's not going to be a walk in the park. I, I, I'm with you. And you know what really bothers me about, about this game t- today? You knew the Steelers were going to punch back. You knew that – I didn't expect the Browns to go in there and win 28-3. to It's just – it's not going to happen. But when it was 10-10 to – and then the Steelers respond and have that really dominant third quarter. And suddenly it's 20 to 10 and, and it feels like it's on ice. And then suddenly the Browns, they drive downfield. Baker Mayfield banged up with that hand injury, still drives that team downfield. They get a field goal and, and then they get the interception. And, and it's the middle of the fourth quarter. They get the interception. They're within 35 yards or so of the end zone. And it feels like this is their chance. This is their chance to do it. You have a full complement of offensive weapons. You have Freddie Kitchens calling the plays. Like, this is his chance to salvage the game. And what happened? They didn't gain a yard, and they were minus eight with a sack on third down. I mean, that's that's on Freddie. That's on this offense. And I know there's roster flaws, and I know that there's depth issues and all that. I've seen people blame Dorsey. Fine. You want to do that? Fine. But there's no excuse for losing this game. Freddie Kitchens, if he was a competent head coach— and a competent play caller, Daryl, they win this game by seven to ten points. Instead, he's not, and that's why they're five and seven. Well, and this is and this is the problem with Browns fan is that's the loser mentality. Well, we didn't have Miles Garrett, we didn't have Demarius Randall, we didn't have this, that, and the other. Pittsburgh Steelers weren't saying that nonsense. They weren't, and they fell behind ten nothing. And what they do? They hit back with a bunch of backups. That's what winners do. The Cleveland Browns are not winners. They got players capable of winning. They got talent capable of winning. They don't have a head coach that can lead them to the promised land. If you can't beat the crapola backup Pittsburgh Steelers, how the hell you think this guy's capable of winning you a Super Bowl? Which is the whole point of this thing. It's not, yeah, okay, this year the goal was to make the playoffs. Well, they didn't reach that goal. They're not going to win four in a row. I, you know, you're not meeting, you didn't meet any, you're not going to end up meeting any of your goals this year, James, that were totally realistic to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is, is it broke for you, Daryl? Ben Roethlisberger injured. The Steelers right. have the, the, the lowest amount of talent they've had in seven years. You know, I mean, because even before Antonio Brown, it was Mike Wallace. I mean, it's been a while uh, for them, as far as talent goes, offensive weapon-wise, and they don't have any of those guys. It felt like this was the year where you could at least make a, a nine and seven, ten and six push to the playoffs. And if they won today, and I said this on the fan this morning on the tailgate warm-up, if they would have won today, it would have been six and six, even if it was 13-12, or if they found a way to make it 21-20. It doesn't matter how ugly it was. If they would have won today, six and six. Two games against the Bengals, a winnable game on the road against Arizona in a, a team at home that you already beat. 
and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, you feel good about your chances. I'm not saying you feel great, but you felt good about getting back to six and six. And now it suddenly feels like everything is crumbling. And I don't think that's an overreaction because they were up 10 to nothing. They had the ball down seven inside the 40 and they couldn't get it done. The good teams do. And this team has plenty of talent, and they just it hasn't come together this season. It's a it's an indictment of the coaching. That's what I have to point to. And it reflects on John Dorsey as well, because Dorsey was the one who hired Freddie Kitchens. Two things. Freddie allowed his ego at the end of the first half to get Baker Mayfield the bump thumb that he had to have x-rayed. And then he turned around, his ego had Baker Mayfield throw, with a bum thumb and a glove on, had Baker Mayfield throwing it a ton in a one-possession game in the second half. What in the hell are you doing? Yeah, I, I'm with, especially with the best running back duo. Like, say what you want about the wide receivers, and I think Landry and Beckham are really good. Like, really good. You know, top top 10 to 15, top 20 wide receivers, whatever you want to say between the duo. You duos. have arguably one of the top receiving duos and one of the top running back duos, and he doesn't have the first freaking clue how to use any of them. You Why have is the, he the head coach of this team? You have the best running back duo in the league. I'm There's no one better. Like, Kareem Hunt every single week brings it. I mean, there was a play, it was either first or second, I think it was first quarter. And it was a little yeah, screen pass. Yeah, he got pass. stopped for a loss of five and managed to get back to the line of scrimmage. Yep, and he, and he should have been down, and he somehow kept his knees up and yep. made it back to the line of scrimmage. Like, that play was just as impressive to me as the touchdown. And we know what Nick Chubb brings. Like, ride those guys. Pound those guys. Because then, if you do that all game, you know what happens to T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree and Minka Fitzpatrick by the time the fourth quarter uh, is here and there's six minutes they're to tired. go and you need to get a score. They're tired and beat up and they're feeling it, man. And they might be just a little hesitant to, to bring it. And they weren't hesitant. I mean, that whole second half, it felt like they were just bringing it and the aggressor. And that to me is a mentality. And especially you mentioned the shirt and I was critical of Freddie Kitchens on Twitter about the shirt. If you're going to wear that, you damn well better show up. Yep. You, you, you can't yeah, not show way. up. You can't not show up. You can't go all Rex Ryan and then not win on Sunday. And that is the problem is you wear a shirt like that and then your team plays soft. And that run defense, especially in the second half, soft, 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 soft. You that's, allowed them. That's you cool. had them pinned at your own at the one yard line. You allowed them to chew three minutes off the clock by getting three first downs. Had them pinned at the one-yard line late in the fourth quarter. In the first and, play. The first play went for 11 yards and a first down. And now, you know what you are? You know what you are by wearing that T-shirt now? You're a freaking joke. You're a caricature. That's what you are, Freddie Kitchens. You are a caricature and a joke by doing something like that. And the Steelers are laughing their asses off after kicking your ass for three quarters after you started out great. Give them credit. The Browns delivered the, the first blow. They drew first blood, but they got their ass kicked for the final three quarters. Freddie Kitchens, you, sir, are a joke after pulling that. You're a joke. There's no going back from that at all I don't you don't recover from something like that you just you don't and eight and eight might be good enough to save his job
But I'm going to tell you right now, James, it shouldn't. The coaching search should begin immediately. And unless there's the only way Freddie Kitchens should return next year is if there's no better option available. He's Dale Ryder. I'm James Rapine. We are going to take a quick timeout. And then I want to talk to Daryl about what the Steelers player said after the game about that T-shirt. And I want to discuss what he just said about Freddie Kitchens and his job security. We'll do that next right here on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Daryl, you said something a, a moment ago about Freddie Kitchens and his job security. And you're right. I, I think there's still, obviously, the pathway to him returning next season. But to me, John Dorsey and the organization and Jimmy Haslam, they really need to sit down and evaluate what their goal is. Be- because it, you can't just ask yourself, is Freddie Kitchens... Does he deserve another season because it was his first year and he goes eight and eight? It, it, it needs to be, is Freddie Kitchens the guy that is going to be calling plays and managing the game and, and the head coach of the Cleveland Browns when they make a Super Bowl run? When we do that, is he the guy? Because the jump from eight and eight to 10 and six or 11 and five is much harder than people think. And, and while I, I still think that the I like the Browns' future and the talent they have, I think that's the question. More than anything, you have to, to answer. You have to ask it first and then answer it over the next few weeks. Is, is he that guy? And if you say yes, I might not believe you, and I probably won't believe you, but at least they're asking the right questions. That's my mindset, at least, when it comes to Freddie Kitchens and his future with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, absolutely agree with you 100%. The goal is not to make the playoffs. It's not to win a game. It is to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the, the caliber of talent that John Dorsey is has acquired and is trying to continue to acquire. You know, they're trying to win the whole damn thing. So, granted, there are steps that you have to take. And this year was supposed to be a major step. And we talked about it before the season when I, you know, and I said, hey, going from seven, eight, and one to ten and six is hard enough because people were criticizing me for saying that I didn't think the Browns were going to win the division. Um, I actually picked the Steelers to win the division. Um, I, I certainly didn't see the Ravens having the run that they're uh, on. They're a much better football team than I gave them credit for. And the Browns are about to finish in third place in their division. I, okay. They're, they're the third place team in their division. Um, and that then to me, that is not progress. Being in third place in your division is not progress. Even if you're eight and eight, sorry, that's not acceptable. Not with the talent that this team has. And what I look at, is the discipline of the football team. It's been hot garbage since week one, okay? Week one, Greg Robinson got thrown out for kicking a guy. Uh, Miles Garrett swung at a guy with a helmet on, the Titans' tight end, right? Um, The the pre-snap penalties, lack of discipline. Uh, Personal foul penalties have continued, lack of discipline. That's coaching, okay? And, you know, that to me all reflects on Freddie Kitchens. You're now without your best player on defense because he lost his cool. Because you didn't teach players to keep the cool. Instead, you went to Indianapolis and taught your players don't take any crap from anybody else. Fight back. Now, 
it's okay, fine. If Freddie wants to get caught in semantics about, well, I don't teach my players to fight. I don't teach them to, you know, commit personal fouls and all that. Bottom line, you told your players don't take the Colts crap. Fight back. And so they did. And what happened? I was, the reports, I, I obviously I wasn't there, but the reports were that some drills had to be canceled because there was, quite frankly, too much fighting going on and too much extracurricular stuff happening to where you just you, you couldn't get anything accomplished. That's coaching. Okay? And all of that has rolled through this season. And they're still not a disciplined team. Okay, the penalties are down a little bit. But the, they had critical false starts again. Uh, they had, uh, you know, it, 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 they had more critical penalties again. So, now, I will be fair. Give him, give Mike Tomlin credit. I think that there was only one uh, post-whistle foul, and that was against the Steelers. Uh, you didn't have a lot of roughing the quarterback. I think there was maybe one or two of those, but, like, it was, you know, it, it, Basically, all the extracurricular stuff wasn't there. The game was kept between the white lines and between the whistles the way it should be. So credit Freddie for that. But the, the bottom line is, is I just I've not seen anything from how he calls games, how he's used his personnel that tells me, yeah, that guy is going to lead the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl. Yeah, now, I realize that you could say that about Bill Belichick in the 90s with the Browns. You can, you know, but it's just. It can turn around. It turns around for everybody else in the National Football League but the Cleveland Browns. Everybody else goes from third and fourth in their division to first in the blink of an eye. One year to the next, but the Cleveland Browns. Every year with the Cleveland Browns is, well, it's the first year. It's a process. It's a five-year plan. It takes time. You know what all that crap that I just recited are, James? It's excuses. It's loser crap. And Browns fans shouldn't stand for it. Browns fans shouldn't be making excuses for Freddie Kitchens, no matter how much you like the guy. Again, I said it earlier in the pod. I've said it time and time again. I love Freddie Kitchens. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a decent football coach. But he isn't ready to be a head coach. He's not ready to lead an NFL franchise. And he sure the hell ain't ready to lead one that's a snake bitten and has so much crap to overcome like the Cleveland Browns do. He's not ready for it. And that's okay. Okay, that, that, that doesn't mean that Freddie Kitchens one day isn't going to be ready, but he needs to be a, he needed to be a coordinator for a few years to really cut his teeth. He's never been a head coach at any level, at any level. So how the hell does he know how to run an NFL team right now? Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I'll say this. I told you so. <laughs> no, I, I, I will say I get why the hire happened. But when you hire someone without experience, you better get it right. You yep. know, if they, if they move on from Freddie Kitchens this offseason, John Dorsey better get an experienced coach. Like, you can't take a, a swing – uh, at a grand slam here. No, you got to almost. You with, almost gotta, with one exception, there's gotta, only one name I would take a run at with no NFL experience, and that's Lincoln talk, Riley. Yeah, I was gonna say Lincoln Riley, but I, I I don't see that. You know, I just I just don't. And I get why people that they bring that up. Obviously, with Baker, we'll see. Uh, but I, I know the Dallas Cowboys are gonna be calling Lincoln Riley too. So so we'll see what happens there. I, I just to me, 
with Freddie Kitchens, it is there's so much there in the fact that he sat there and I want to kind of transition into what the Steelers said about this too. But he stood up there and it was a video you posted on Twitter at right or wrong fan and said, I would wear that shirt in public again. Yeah. That tells me he doesn't get it. Well, and that's the thing, you know what you, he couldn't have done that. And I forget what, 20 years ago, he was a car salesman. Does he realize that when he was a car salesman, and I don't know what dealership, and I'm not going to pretend to know, but he wouldn't have been allowed to wear on that lot a shirt that ripped a, a dealer down the street that he was is competing against. Like, he wouldn't have been able to mock a, another car dealership, yet alone another NFL franchise where there's only 32 head coaching jobs in public. Like, Who, by the way, has saying? six more Super Bowls than you have. Correct. And has been but, kicking your ass for the last 20 years. Like, I'm sorry, but you don't turn the tide in rivalries by wearing a damn T-shirt. In, in the problem is, and I know that didn't have an impact on on wins and losses, but it's it's the look. Right. It didn't like, win or like, lose the game today, but it's a terrible look. And you don't do it as a coach. You just don't do that. And so the the fans can defend it, and I would expect fans to defend it because they like it. He's one of us, all that stuff. Here's the bottom line, though. I don't want my head coach to be one of us, right? Because head coaches shouldn't be one of us. Because name one one of us coaches that has been great. Rex Ryan, he's at ESPN. You know, what these one of us coaches, sorry, that doesn't get it done. And that's the reality. There's one of there's 32 jobs. It's one of 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL. And so there's just a certain way you carry yourself. There's a certain way you do business and it hasn't worked on the field. And then when you do something like this off the field, of course, it's a story. Of course, it's going to get picked up. Like, what are you thinking? It's one thing if you wear it on the lake on vacation with your family in the off season. It's a whole other thing if you wear that to the movies during Steelers week when your season is on the line. It was literally on the line. And then what's even worse is he took a picture with it exposed. Like, there's just so many levels to this that make no sense. And for those blaming the media, no, blame Freddie Kitchens because nowhere else but Cleveland do we have this type of conversation? And nowhere, like there's no other NFL city right now that's dealing with something like this or having all these little things that come up in these little topics each and every week. And honestly, if they move on from Freddie, John Dorsey needs to find a mature head coach that can shut out all the noise and stop all that. You know, whoever it's going to be that, that could come in here and stop the all of the non-football stuff that we have to talk about week in and week out or discuss that becomes newsworthy because it is newsworthy and people blame the media. No, no, no. It's newsworthy. The problem is, is the good franchises cut out distractions and it seems like Freddie just keeps bringing them on and then he doubles down because he's so stubborn. That's what a position coach is. You know what I mean? He's still like in a position coach mindset, not the CEO mindset. And that's the problem with me. And let's transition now because you were – Obviously, at Heinz Field, where the Steelers uh, beat the Browns today and avoided being swept by the Browns. Uh, hasn't happened since 1988. What were the Steelers players saying after the game about the T-shirt and all that stuff? Because I know they saw it. Yeah, well, yeah, they, they did see it. And they said that uh, they were motivated by it. One of the quotes uh, that I, I, I put in the story was, be professional, man. Um, you know, uh, another player said that, yeah, we, we were motivated by it. 
and as evidenced by some of the uh, the clothing worn by the Steelers entering Heinz Field. Uh, one one player wore a an old fashioned looking uh, white sweatshirt uh, of a Steeler basically relieving himself on a on a Browns player laying on the ground. Um, you know, uh, and then you know the, the free pouncy uh, t-shirts or shirts and whatnot. Yeah. So. It, but yeah, but I mean, those they, are players. Yeah. Players can do that, by the way. Right. There's a difference right. between but, a coach doing it and a player doing it. But they, they wanted to deliver a message, and that was, you have not arrived yet, Browns. You are still our little bitch. That, that's, that was, by the way, that, that's the I, – I, I can't write it. I can't say it on the air, but we can say it on the podcast. You know what I take away from today? The Browns are still the Steelers' bitch. Okay, they delivered a haymaker uh, – two weeks ago at First Energy Stadium ended an eight-game winless streak against the Steelers, but they're still the Steelers' bitch. And until uh, that changes, until that changes, you know, the the Browns are going to continue to be an amateur franchise. That's what they are. They're an amateur franchise that's trying to get out of this nonsense and this losing and, you know, all all the stuff you were talking about, the, the, uh, you know, controversies and, and, all those things. The good organization, listen, the, the Steelers have their controversies, right? The uh, New England Patriots have theirs. The Packers do. The Ravens do. But you know what? They handle them in a professional manner, and they went, go out and win football games. And by winning football games, it makes people forget about the minutia. But see, when you lose games like the Browns lost, right, today, the minutia matters, Right? And, you know, if the Browns would have won today and beaten the Steelers, we're sitting here laughing about the, uh, Freddie wearing the T-shirt and everything else. But you, again, you look like a clown when you wear it and get your ass kicked. You look like a clown. You look like an amateur. You look like you don't belong as one of 32 in the National Football League. And that is what Freddie Kitchens looked like Sunday afternoon in Heinz Field. Yeah. I'm with you, especially it just it kills me looking looking back at I, if I recall right, the Browns might have only I think they only had the one possession in the third quarter because the Steelers two drives were so long and they just ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball. And there was just no answer. There was no it, it, no spark. And those are the kind of games. And I know I've harped on this on the podcast. Those are the kind of games where like a slant to Odell. Uh, finding a way to get one of these guys in space, that's the difference. Like, let your playmakers make a play. So so we could talk about the off the field and, and how it bothers them. But as long as you're doing the job on the field and, and finding a way, like, it still baffles me. And honestly, it's going to keep Freddie Kitchens up maybe all week. 20 to 13, you have the ball inside the 40. It was at like the 35-yard line, first and 10 like seven minutes to go in the game, like that's that's your point. That's when you go down, score, and put yourself in a position uh, against Devlin Hodges to steal one on the road, even though you got outplayed for, for the most of the, the final couple of quarters. And they had the chance, and they didn't do it, much like the Broncos game. They're down 23-17. Odell streaks, has, has two steps on Chris Harris on the far side, Baker misses him. Now that's on Baker, but that, that's the point is, is the Browns. It's been a theme now. They've backed themselves into this corner 
where they have to go do it right now. And if they don't, that's it. The season's over. Even against Buffalo, it was successful, right, where they drive down for the game-winning score. But, man, you're walking a tightrope. And it's just when the margin of error is so thin and you have a coach that is below average for sure and was outcoached like crazy, and not just a coach, the coaching staff. Because Steve Wilkes, I don't know what the hell he's doing. His defense played soft today. Soft, soft, soft. Uh, well, we it, saw today why he got fired in Arizona. Yeah. We got, I, exhibit, I, a, we got exhibit A of that today. I mean, God, it's it's crazy. Like, of course they're going to run the ball. By the way, on the one-yard line, it's first and ten on the one. The Steelers are up seven. You think they're going to throw it with Devlin Hodges after he had just thrown an awful interception down the field? Hell no, it's a run, and they run it up the middle for 11. Like, I get it, your defensive line, the depth isn't there. Give me a blitz, give me something, a run blitz, something that's going to put Devlin Hodges in a position to have to win the game. Because when you did that, guess what he did? He threw the ball away with less than two minutes left like an idiot instead of taking the sack. When you do that, he almost fumbles the ball. Luckily for the Steelers, it went out of bounds. When you do that, he throws the interception that wasn't forced. Like, the Steelers made mistakes today, but they overcame it because of bad offensive coaching. And then the defense literally couldn't stop the most basic run plays. I mean, it felt like, I don't know, you probably covered high school football at some point. It felt like Ohio high school playoffs, Daryl. I mean, I covered it as recently as last year, and that's what it is. It's a bunch of runs. When you have a lead, you get the lead, and then you just try to run the ball as much as possible to run that clock down in these physical matchups. That's what the Steelers did. And that's why they, they came out with the win. It's just, it's frustrating. And I feel for Browns fans because it's, uh, this should have been the year where they go back to the playoffs and now it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Well, and, and what you heard out coming out of the Steelers locker room was, it's interesting you mentioned the high school football uh, because that's what the Steelers said. At halftime, Mike Tomlin started drawing stuff up on the board like high school. Hey, here's, what, here's the adjustments we're going to make. Here's the things we, you know, we're going to do and we're going to go win this game. By the way, I've yet to hear anything close to resembling that about Freddie Kitchens as a coach. Yeah. About how he was the difference maker in the game because of an adjustment that they made. I've never heard that this year. Yet to hear it. And again, that separates a good coach from a position coach. And that's what Freddie Kitchens is. He's a position coach. He's not a head coach. Not ready for this. He's out of his depth. It shows week in and week out, and I say that knowing that they just came off a three-game win streak, all right? But you also played some hot garbage in there, and I just – I I am I am so down on Freddie Kitchens right now, and I am so disappointed in Freddie Kitchens and how he's handled this season and wasted it and I am not willing to give him the, well, this is his first time doing the job pass that so many fans want to. I yeah. am not willing to do it. I'm well, not well, going to do it. And Jimmy and D. Haslam should not do it either. And I know it'll cost him money to buy out his contract, but I'd fire his ass tomorrow if there's someone better to replace him. Because he's this team is losing games because of Freddie Kitchens. They're losing games. Because yeah. of Freddie, they, they weren't ready in week one and got their doors blown off, okay? They 
uh, lost, uh, I, I forgot the Allen in Denver, whatever the hell his name is, forgot Brandon his name, Allen. doesn't matter, doesn't matter, lost to him, uh, lost to Duck Duck Goose today, the third string, like, that's inexcusable, mm-hmm. that's absolutely inexcusable, those are gimme games, okay, that, that, that's what the Browns were, right, the, it, the, the Browns for years putting their second and third and fourth string quarterbacks on the field and getting their basses handed to them. Like, yeah, that's the, the, Steelers, were, the, the Steelers would never the lose to Kevin to Hogan. Today. Yeah, they would yeah. never lose to Kevin Hogan if he had to start in Pittsburgh. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, that's what you were supposed to do in these games. Like, those were supposed to be gimme games, right? Oh, you got an inexperienced quarterback you're playing, you know, and you you make him look like a fool. Like, that's what you're supposed to do in this team. And, like, you can't even beat that team. Like, you, you I just and, – and, again, it's coaching. The defensive game plans uh, uh, fell apart. Uh, I don't want to hear about depth and who was available and who wasn't available. Oh, I, I, we didn't even talk about Demarius Randall reportedly not showing up to a practice. That's how disciplined Freddie Kitchens has this team. It, with the season on the line, the star safety – decided to skip practice this week, allegedly. And what's been uh, an awful year for Randall, an injury-filled year for Randall, and a contract year. Like, he knows yeah. what he's costing himself, like, by not being allowed to play in a game like that. Like, like how does you. that happen? It, it how does that happen? It, because, if honestly, if, he could have made a change you know on one of those me? deep balls to Washington. You know what it tells me? It tells me it's a clown show behind the scenes. That's what it tells me. Yep. I. And guess who's running the clown show? Yep, I, I'm with you. I, I just I think he's overwhelmed. I think he's in over his head. And, and I think, honestly, I was tricked to a degree to think it was better because of what they did against the Bills and because of what they did at home of finding a way a couple days later against the Steelers. But then the Steelers adjusted for round two, and they didn't have, and the Browns didn't have Miles Garrett, and they didn't have they still had more talent, but it wasn't way more talent where the the other quarterback, opposing quarterback, was giving you four turnovers, and suddenly they couldn't. They had no answer. I mean, 13 points with this offense, it shouldn't happen. I don't care what defense you're going up against, and I don't care about the offense. 13 points is not enough from this. It should have been, like, a minimum, regardless of who they're playing, regardless of the rush, if it's a well-schemed and well-play-called, well-thought-out game plan, the Browns should score 20 points every week, regardless. Regardless of the weather, regardless of the, the opponent, regardless of anything. And they didn't show up in that second half offensively. They just, they didn't. And, and, and they had their opportunities and they let him off the hook. He's Daryl Ryder. You can follow him on Twitter, at RyderWrongFan. Plenty on the Browns on our website, 923thefan.com. Daryl, I appreciate the time, as always. This was fun. We, we didn't get to hang out as you're making your way back from Pittsburgh, but I'm glad we got to vent the night of here on, on a Sunday following a, a Browns loss that, uh, that really hurts and puts the season on ice. Yeah, it's it's disappointing uh, for fans that had high hopes, and uh, you don't want they don't want to hear it, but that's it. That's all, folks. Another Can Odell get a ball? Finish. Yeah, I mean, uh, another <laughs> third-place finish. Uh, print your T-shirts for that. Wow. Jeez, Daryl. <laughs> but yeah, check out Daryl's coverage. Wear them proudly. On our website, 92.3thefan.com. I'm James Erpine. He is Daryl Ryder. Thank you so much for listening 
to the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.